I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost for Words betting podcast. I am joined as ever by the Jason Daniels. Jason, hello. Third Jason Daniels. Yes, That's it. Thank you. Yeah, Jason, there's nobody else. I don't know any other Jason Daniels, so you are the one. Um, <laughs> I'll do a little Twitter search later and see if I can find any uh, any other Jason Daniels that like golf. No, but, um, <laughs> um, another winner last week, Jace. Adrian Bronk, 20 to 1. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice. It was again. It's not difficult, and and you said it. And we say this. You said it after the um, was it the Masters when uh, Ram won. Yeah. So you don't want to shout about it, and uh, you know, quite frankly, why not? It's yeah. It's twenty to one. It follows on Campio a few weeks ago at Kenya. Yeah. Um, and it keeps the wheels ticking, and it and it paid for my weekend. And um, I, I, why not? I mean, he did exactly what I thought he'd do. Yeah. Which was win. Which it, it wasn't. <laughs> It wasn't difficult. It, we discussed this earlier on. You know, he made his way up the board through the rounds. Saturday night, he was surrounded by Langask, perhaps apart. He was surrounded by people that don't want to win. You know, what was noticeable is, is that they were all huge hitters um, mm. on Saturday night. Um, or, or night, you know, the vast majority were. Um, and I just thought, you know, well, there we are. You've got a five-shot winner of the Australian Open, Irish Open winner, and um, he's facing nothing. And he duly went ahead and, and did his job. You know, as you know, I was away all weekend, so I didn't see a lot of it. Mm. Don't really care, really, you know. Um, Don't need to, do you? And it just when it goes away, you want and, to see? Uh, withdraw the money. So, um, yeah, he was great. Uh, Cantley was horrendously disappointing for me over at um, Crow Hollow. Yeah. Um, something happened. I mean, he was going fine, and then just it was pathetic. He had um, a bit of a, a wobble during the second round, and, and that was him done. Um, so he was disappointed. Woodland managed the top 20, failed by top 10 for, by one shot. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, yeah, great. Yeah, didn't mind it at all. We, we move on, don't we? Yeah, exactly that. I mean, I, you know, both had Campio. We, we kind of disappointed, didn't kind of got himself up until for six, but it didn't really matter for me. I mean, it was a eight places on the on the bet 365 extra thing. And then um, Van Tonder in, in tied fifth as well, 151. So that was nice. Um Never really looked like he was ever going to threaten to win, but it was nice for him to, to get up there and get in the places. And, you know, we, we move on. Like you say, it, it, it's funny the kind of attitude, I guess, that I sort of displayed last week. Or you don't want to shout about it. At the end of the day, like, I think the whole season or the whole year so far has gone to relatively the most obvious players. Um, you know, Wyndham Clark's been a very popular person to pick this, this season. I wouldn't say he was a very obvious pick last week, but he was very popular in the sense that everyone kind of wanted to be on that first win, didn't they? And everyone's been backing him off a off a hill, really. Um, really good. Really good on, on Sunday. Um, really positive. Xander, I think, let himself down a little bit in the mix again. Um, but Wyndham Clark did what he needed to do and... There's his first PJ Tour win. I don't know if that necessarily means he goes on to win a hatful more, like you always oh. sort of read. But do you think he does? Or yeah, pretend you now do. he's got that. Yeah. Well, I think I think there's so many of them. We've discussed it for years. You know, yeah. Clark, Davis, Riley, uh, Thompson, Taylor Montgomery. They're all so good, and they've been in they've been in contention. But Clark's been been performing fantastically. Yeah. And it doesn't surprise me when you you know if you were to say. You know, Max Home has won here, and then Wyndham Clark's won here, and you just think, yeah, you know, it, it, it makes a lot of sense, I think. Yeah. Um, 
you know, he's been fashioning it away to green for, for a long while now. Um, yeah, yeah, I've got, I've got no problem with him, with him going on to win that, to be honest. And yes. it just shows. It does show you, you know, even, you know, I know this week is, you know, not an elevated event, but it does show you, you know, you, these, these, these non-winners so far, yeah. they, they, it, we said it time and time and time again, it is just that something, that little bit extra that they, they need. Um, and yeah, you know, they, they go on and do it. And Clark's been banging it away for ages, as has somebody like Montgomery, which you may discuss later, I don't know, and somebody like that. And, and that's all they need. Bang. And I, I think I think Wyndham Clark now does go on to um, do something. I think I think he's one of those people, he's one of those players that he's very streaky with the putter and, and can definitely get hot and like you say, Teed's Green he's excellent at times. I just, I just I guess he's one of those person that doesn't always stand up from a, an irons perspective. You don't, I don't necessarily see him as someone that's always going to stuff it so close, but sometimes it doesn't matter. And the weeks that he does, he can do it. And the mental side of things, once you've got that one win. When you go from having a playoff loss to Brian Gay at the Bermuda to winning the Wells Fargo over Xander Shuffle, your mentality probably changes. So um, we'll certainly see. I mean, there's been talk about him being on the Ryder Cup team now. Um, don't know whether he'll quite manage that, but you know, we don't, there's still plenty of golf left for the for the season before then. So um, certainly interested to see where that goes. Do you think Bronx now booked his spot on the team, regardless? He should do, shouldn't they? Do you not yeah. think? I mean, yeah, I his, so. his form, his winning form is, is in terms of standard European fare, which like you discussed it last week where you said, well, there's your obvious, whatever it was, six or seven, yeah. which leaves five or six to be picked, whatever. And I think it's difficult to say that he's not, you know, he's not one of the one of the top players on the tour. Um, so, yeah, I think, and, and winning around there, why not? Well, who else is above him, really? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think there's anyone else. I think I think it was always going to be a case of those six or seven, whoever decided to emerge and, and win would, would probably get it. Um, unless he now goes on and really struggles after winning, uh, which he hasn't done winning the other two times. Uh, and like you say, just, just the events that he's won, like Ireland, Australia and now Italy, like they all feel like really proper events as well for the DP World Tour. So uh, really impressive. Good to see. I think he steps forward and plays pretty well on the PGA in, in time as well. He's got, he's got the game to suit both. Uh, maybe similar to kind of what Thomas Dietrich's done this season in the sense of not necessarily contending for wins, but being consistent on there and then and see where he goes from there. But uh, yeah, I think he's on. Um, yeah, I think there's plenty still to be decided for Europe, but Moronk's probably the one. And it's nice to see someone from not a, a golfing mecca, if you like. He's, you know, he's a Polish golfer that really is the only one that I can remember ever really making a inroads on the, the DB World Tour and, and good good on him. So uh, hopefully that flies off. another one though. You- Sorry, you spoke right. about Wyndham Clark, for example, when we were rocked through away, um, winning chance over in South Africa, and then they cut the years ago. Yeah. Crocker was in the same thing. And they learn. You know, Crocker yeah. won. You know, he's won twice. So these little experiences in the mix and, and the changes of, of mental attitude, as you rightly say, you know, they do um, they do make a big difference. They're all non-winners until they're not, aren't they? It's a very basic thing. And, all non-winners and until they're not, absolutely. What, right. what a sentence, eh? Um, but yeah, that's it. I think, you know, we all look in hindsight and think, oh, it could have always happened. And sometimes we're quick to rule them out too quickly. But I think I think Moronk's always been one that we've kind of been kind of confident on. I think Wyndham Clark's just always been one of those ones where like, I've always, it's the same thing that I kind of applied to a couple of them. I'd rather take him at 150 to one in chance and then take him when he's 50, 61. It's the most obvious thing because it tends to play out the wrong way. But this time he did it. So, so be it. Don't have any uh, 
don't have any problems with that. This week, Sadao Open in Belgium and the Byron Nelson on the PJ Tour. Not exactly the most riveting uh, weeks. Um, certainly, I can't work out if it's a really difficult betting week or something straightforward that you just hope kind of pans out. But we'll we'll go along and, and figure that out as we as we go. But Alexander Bjork 18 to one with Thomas Dietrich 18 to one as well. Adrian Atagi 20s, Yannick Paul 20s, Jorge Campillo 22s. And then it's Fjordjörn also at 25 and bigger the rest. Um, wanted to be on Alexander Bjork, but I can't have him as a favourite of a DP World Tour event. Nope. Um, everything, everything kind of points to him being successful. And really, most of the time of late, I've kind of, if it's in front of me, if it's obvious, then I'm going to take it. He was 23rd here last year, sit for the halfway stage. Uh, he's been 16th, 14th and 4th, trending in nice current form as well fourth uh, uh fourth in strokes can approach his like two of his last three events just can't have him just can't can't have him at 18 to 1 um 14 to 1 mostly and it feels maybe a little bit like the the sung jm of the of the dp world tour in a sense he just never really feels like he's ever going to go on and, and grab it he just kind of plods himself there and gets himself in fourth and you know it's it's a great run of form but I can't have him. I'd much rather take the chance on Dietrich. I think PJ Tour's form stands up just as well as probably Bjork's does in the long run. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that's a bad bad comparison, actually. Mm. Um, well, not, you can't compare them in terms of class, but it, no. it's it's pretty good. I mean, it's it's a pretty good comparison. They get there and then they plod. Uh, yeah. They've had plenty of chances to do it and they don't do it. Now, I mean, I I I very strong on par four scoring here. It's it's what seven thousand yards. Yeah. Um, nothing like that last year. Um, I mean, the leaderboard just reads uh, distance, really. Um, uh, Sam Paul's field. Um, what, what, what's, yeah, he's injured, isn't he? I think. Yeah, he was injured. Yeah. He, he was. He, he got injured in like, during the Liv event. Then he came. He was in, entered last week, but then withdrew. Um, and I don't even know necessarily what status he's got either way now. Um, don't know if he's one of those ones that's allowed to play or not. So weird one for Horsfield. So you got him. I mean, he was first in par four. Ryan Fox, massive hitter. Um, yeah. I think. Um, yeah. Yannick Paul again was tied first for par four. Becker, interestingly, was was the outlier at thirty second. He's a mm. big hitter. Um, so for me, you have to be able to hit the ball. You have to be strong on par fours. And I think you have to, given the fact that that that's what the the criteria seems to be for winning here. You have to take somebody from the top. And I've gone with both. I've gone with two this week, and I don't shit away. So Yannick mm. Paul, who, if the tour tips figures are correct, um, on par performance in the last three months is so far clear of anybody else. Um, you have to you have to put him in. Yeah. Um, I think he's second in greens in reg, fourth in scrambling. Should he miss it? According to tour tips, he's minus twenty nine for his last sixteen rounds, average of three point eight two, which is hugely clear. Sammy Valimak is in second at uh, minus 13. Um, but you, you, it's not only just that, you just back him up with the form that he's shown. I know you're a big Yannick Paul fan. I've got him as one of the 12 to follow for the season. It's a bit depressing that he's having to go off at these prices. But, you know, what do you want? You know, it's, again, it's in front of you. A pair of seconds at Thailand and India that he's never been at before. Six in Japan, he's never been there before. Um, first two rounds at Korea, right up there. And then last week really should have done a bit better. I know, I know you expected better, I believe. Mm. Um, I also like a tie-in uh, with um, Le Vaudreau, 
uh, on the challenge tour. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, there is a tie in there, which is is a bit convoluted. So, Ryan Fox has won round there. Yeah. As one as one of the board drill. Had a chance uh, to win this, didn't they, last year? Paul been eleventh, and then I have got a really. I'm not going to go into it. I've really got a dull thing with um, uh, Ben Terrio, Duplissi, then it goes into Kenya uh, and Campio and stuff like that. Um, you don't need to know what it is. I believe in it. Uh, <laughs> so I, I like the fact that he's, he's shown something over there at that event. It's um, a sub 7,000 yard event as well. 6884, I think, to board. Just a very, very close. Par 71 as well. I think it's got one more par five, but um, same distance. And, and you look at it and you're surprised that a big hitter uh, can succeed so well around there, but I guess you know when it, when it's open and a big hitter, you've got nothing to you got nothing with the second shot, have you? So a little bit of confidence and you can shoot low. Um, yeah, Yannick Paul, where else are we? Obviously, one Mallorca, that's a sub seven thousand one hundred yard course. Um, I've moved on to the PJ Tour, so I'll turn that page over that <laughs> one. One Mallorca, obviously runner up here. I'm struggling to uh, to see where the negatives are. Yanni Paul, to be honest. Yes, um, you know that's the thing. It's it's one of those ones with the with the distance. I think that you don't because when you look at where they ranked in distance last year when they when they actually contended. So um, Horsfield was fifth in distance. He won. Fox was thirty second. Paul sixty sixth. Becker seventeenth. Hannah fifty yeah. third. But so they didn't have to use their distance to play well here. But they are longer off the tee, which meant they could club down and okay. and do everything a little bit more successfully. Um, the, the exactly. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're clubbing down. You're more accurate, which gives yeah. you another chance to to approach the green. And uh, yeah, he's he's. I mean, last week was his worst performance, really, all round for for a while. Um, Finished twenty third. I, mean, I, I, I can't. <laughs> I've lost his screen where he was after the third round. Um, but it still is. You know, it's not horrendous. And I, I think in this class, really, given the fact that he he, if you remember how he finished on one Mallorca. Yeah. Um, there are not a lot of people in this field that I'd be confident if they were a bit like um, uh, Moroc last week. You know, if he was up there, uh, you know, there are three, four, five people in this field that maybe I'd worry about. Otherwise, I'd expect Paul to get it done. But, yeah. yeah, I think I think he'll win. Uh, I was on him. So he finished with those two before they had that break. He was second at the Indian Open where he led for the first three rounds, didn't he? And then finally finished yeah. um, second. He was second in Thailand, where he was inside the top three or four rounds. Then he came back at the in Japan and finished sixth with a good weekend. Went to Korea. He was the 36th hole leader and, and really disappointed to finish 38th. But then last week, to your point, he was eighth going into Sunday and just had a poor final round. Um, maybe pushing it a little bit, trying to impress on the Ryder Cup venue. Don't know. Um, not in his head. But that would make sense to me. And, and like you say, to the wider point of, of what you've been saying about the par fours, no reason to think stats are, are not right, so let's go with that. Um, like He tied with Horsford on the par four score image, you've already said. He was 19th in par five score image, you think he'd probably improve on um, this time around. He was fourth in strokes gain tees green on the week. He was fourth in strokes gain approach. And I believe he was pretty good um, in scrambling as well. Greens and regulations, he was up there. So, yeah, scrambling, third place. Like, he was just all round very, very solid, probably... Didn't putt well enough to, to really contend here last time. But to me, that that's just something that comes every now and then. 20 to 1. Very, very confident with you that Yannick Paul gets it done here. I think of the of the players at 20 to 1, you've got Otegi, you've got Campillo, you've got Olison. Um, Campillo, you're going to come on to. 
it to me i just i, I just i don't see i don't know that i have as i know obviously the, there's certain players missing this week that, that were in the field last week but i don't see that there's i feel any more confident about campio this week than i did last is, is the only reason i haven't gone in with him again uh, like he, he didn't I mean, do much wrong. No, he's not. He's doing absolutely nothing no. wrong. Um, I, I understand what you're saying. Um, yeah. But if he's, I think everyone's waiting for him to stop doing what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, he he didn't play. I mean, I think he dropped two in the final final few holes. I mean, if he, Bird is, is 72nd instead of um, bogeying it, he's he's bang up there again. He's top five again. And, and perhaps, perhaps people are looking at it slightly different. But yeah, he's priced as if he did. Really, what else do you want him to do? Plus, his form between 6,800 and 7,100 yards. Um, obviously, he was 15th here last year, where he was 6th yep. after the second round and 8th after the third round. So, yet another top 10. Um, he was 5th when this was a uh, knockout competition. Yeah. Um, and he led over 36 holes there as well. Uh, I didn't, I've got to score that down. So, he's 2nd at Shawani, which links him in with Horsefield. He was fourth at the Maybank, which in a very convoluted way links me with Ash and Wu, who I wanted to back this week, but I didn't, didn't get down to sure. it in the end. Um, uh, and last week was the, you know, he was 28th, but he still found nearly five shots on the field. So his, his tee to green game is just stunning at the moment. You know, I mean, it's, again, like, I let him get out if you haven't got tour tips. Uh, since India, he's found seven shots, nearly 10, seven and a half, seven, and nearly five last week. Mm. Um, and that's his worst performance. He's absolutely flushing it. He's on a course that is made for um, iron play. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know why you wouldn't go in again. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't, just enemy don't. I know he's short, and but look at the rest of the field. You know, he's the, the man's fine. Yeah. He deserves another win. It wouldn't surprise you uh, if he shoved another win. Hallskill did it a couple of times in quick succession, and mm. uh, whilst he's a completely different player. His, his tee to green game at the moment is absolutely stunning. Well, it's been it's like kind of perspective, like his best price is 22 to 1, Cannon Shinkwin's worst price, 22 to 1. I would, I actually quite like the idea of Shinkwin this week until I saw his odds. Um, they're just not comparable at the moment. I know Shinkwin hit the ball pretty well last week, and that's why I was interested. But in terms of the two players and where they are in form, they're just not the same. Um, Otegi, same price as Campio. You know, he's playing well, fine. Um Interestingly, Brad's just sent his picks through to us. He is on Alexander Bjork. So for everything I've said about him not wanting to be on him as a favourite, Brad is. So um, interesting to see, you know, his, his reasons on that. But I think, you know, between us, if we're picking Bjork, Paul, and Campillo, and we don't have a chance on Sunday, we'd be um, we'd be concerned. So yeah, I, th- I think I think Campillo is really ready made for this course. It's it's just one of those ones, I guess. I just got to maybe I'm just a bit price sensitive on him and got to a point where. That was it. Like I was just amazed that maybe I was just amazed it was 33 to one last week and 20, 20 to one feels right. I don't know. Uh, um, who knows? I, I just like. Yeah, I, I, I think sometimes. Yeah, I think sometimes you're right. Um, yeah. I mean, there's there's a when we go on to the PGA Tour, there's a player that's obviously been backed. Yeah. And I think he's now mm, price. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, you know, you can get. Well, okay, it's 14 with eight places. I haven't looked on 365 what he is for eight places. Um, I'd struggling to put eight in front of him. I mean, oh, no. I think when I'm not, I'm not really bothered about. Love Heli Kilda, for example. I know you're coming on to him, but you know he hasn't done it. Eddie Petbrook, you know, so so. Campio's just smashing it in all the time. Um, 
that, and he's that, understanding what's wrong as well. He's yeah. understanding, so he's he's commenting and saying, "No, oh, I wish you know I should have done that. I missed that." And he knows exactly what's going on. Yeah, just a, there's, there's nothing left for him to learn, is there? Like he's 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 got rid of the kind of um, demons of not winning early on in his career. He's he's put those behind him. One uh, knows what his strengths are, comes to the courses that he's confident in, and keeps repeating form. So. Um, absolutely fine with it though that 21 is for eight places on bet 365 as well so is yannick paul so um yeah both of those eight places on the on the 21 mark is is great for me heli kilda i think for me i don't know like we were comfortable you guys were confident on him last week and he missed the cut and i don't necessarily think i want to live that kind of uh volatility again he will win at some point uh it's just when so Happy to, to kind of give him a miss. Maximilian Kiefer was one that I toyed with. He was 60 to 1 when I was looking. Didn't really get there. And now he's 40 to 1. But again, another one that Brad's put up. So um, yeah, yeah, he's... do completely understand. It makes a lot of sense, doesn't he, Kiefer? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's that, he's that type of, of, of uh, player. And yeah, I've got I've got no problem. Yeah, you can put him up. He's Kiefer, Schneider, you know, that, they, they're, they're the sort of players I, I put in together. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No problem. No problem with that at all. Hashino keeps um, does uh, yeah. appearing and he's getting on my nerves now, so I've, I've, I've been bothered him. with him. But, um, yeah. I thought the the reaction to Eddie Pepperell was, you know, it's not too much because we know that when Eddie Pepperell was playing well, he's worth following him. But that there was a big reaction to him playing well last week, so happy to leave that alone. Looks at duplicity, but I don't know that he's necessarily the player that he was when we were backing him at these sort of prices before. So your next one, we came on to, to Clemens Sorday, or Sorbet, as we like to know him. Yeah, we do, hilariously. <laughs> yeah. uh, better Gates probably sailed in about 2015, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, right, see what I'm reading the writing. Uh, five-time winner on the Challenge Tour. Um, and uh, some decent efforts over the last six months. Second at the really big uh, Blair Atolls. So you think to yourself, maybe this course isn't down for him. Um, and then you look at last year's uh, figures and, and as you rightly say you can club down there were big hitters they were all over the place on the leaderboard last year so it'd be interesting to see if they do have uh, any dominance this year um, he's also got his seventh and ninth recently uh, when I click the right thing just sort of use yourself for a bit um, <laughs> that's right you've got the selection I don't care now anyway. um, obviously seventh in Korea um, top 10 last week when he had a bit more of a chance going into the weekend yeah. he's hitting the ball fantastically well Approaches 10th in Korea, 17th uh, in Italy, which leads to a uh, he's a good driver, so leads to an excellent seat green rating. Um, again, Lavaudrill, I've got to bring up again, he's just flies there, second, third, fifth, and ninth. Um, obviously, you know, it's, it's French, so um, it may have something to do with that, but that doesn't always work. Um, course form is you know, not all there to be honest with you, but uh, I'm not particularly well, they're not horrendous rounds. Um, he's got a lot of confidence at the moment, um, and he ranks uh, in the top ten for par performance, par four performance for um, the last three months. So I'd rather be someone that is uh, flying than uh, thinking that um, he has to find something. Um, he obviously won the Challenge Tour final in 2017. In his career, he's mixed it with the best. He was second in Thailand, mixing it with Garcia, Westwood, Donaldson, who won it. There is a reaction to it, obviously. There is a reaction to him price-wise, but why not? Yeah. No, it all, it all makes sense. Like, he's one he's one of those players, I think, that 
he's the classic case at the moment of current form versus course. Like people are going to look at the two missed cuts and be put off. One of them's in a knockout format. Doesn't really uh, bother me too much. And I obviously play, they played the first 36 holes straight, played in there and then wins the knockout. But yeah. I think you, you do change your mind, obviously going into, into that event, how you play it and maybe play a little bit defensive just to make the, uh, make the weekend, if you like the knockout yeah. version. Um, and and last year, it doesn't matter, does it? He's a different player now. So doesn't matter. Oh yeah, I'm not bothered. He's a proven winner. Um, not necessarily at this level, but he's 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 been there before um, yeah. and mixed it with some with some very good good players. And if he's if he is back on form, there's no real reason to suggest that he's there's anything wrong here. Um, why not? I mean, it's just ride ride the storm, you know. Um, I'd much rather be on him than than quite a few others around his mark. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens again. Like you say, top eight in a field like this. Yeah, I've got a lot. I mean, I've got so I think twenty names down that are on my shortlist and 10 of them don't play so <laughs> you know that that makes makes you know, it that easier makes, i think the selection a bit easier yeah absolutely <laughs> it's um yeah i think i think with him like what you like to see about these people that you know he's probably hitting not a career patch of form but a, a strong patch of form at this level what you want to see is that they've when they've been in that form they knew how to win and that's exactly the case with his five wins on the challenge tour and he's won on the um sunshine tour last year as well at the stc open so it's not like he's not one at near this level either. Um, it's not a massive jump up for him. I think he's absolutely fine. I've gone with his countryman, Hugo Sassard, I think is potentially how you pronounce it. It's probably not, and we'll hear different pronunciations of it over the weekend if he's there. Um, but I think with this type of event, Jase, you, you get a chance to look at the people that are playing well on the Challenge Tour coming up. He's he's leading the road to Mallorca rankings at the moment, so he's potentially going to be on the DP World Tour next season. Should be, by the way, he's playing. He's finished first, 15th and second in his past three starts on the Challenge Tour. Um, 13th, best player in the field in terms of current form, according to Tour Tips, which obviously, as we've known when we've spoken to uh, in the past, that the kind of scoring average weights to different tours. So it's nice to see that even though he's at a weaker field, he's still playing up with the others. He's played well in the Sunshine Challenge Tour co-sanctioned events this season. He was second in Cape Town, sixth at Die Data, back-to-back top 20s after that as well. I just think the type of form he's in, um, the type of field that we're in, I know there's there's stronger names at the top that we've talked about with Yannick Paul, Bjork and Campillo, etc. But once you get past that, it does thin out quite significantly. And at 70 to 1, I think we're taking, you know, we could be taking the shortest price Hugo Sassard is going to be for for a year on the DP World Tour. It could be, you know, the the um, the longest. It, it really, you don't know until we see how he steps up at this level. He's playing as good as he can do on the challenge tour at the moment. So I'm willing to take a chance that he steps up in this field and, and shows his class. Yeah, yeah, I've got, I've got no problem with that. I think it's a, a big chance for, mm. for people to do it. I think there is there is six to ten that, that seem above everybody else. Yeah. Um, and if, uh, you know, they, if half of them fail, then there, there, is a, there is a great chance. Yeah. yeah, no problem with it. So, yeah, so taking a chance on him. And then this is a... Um, three-man selection for us on the podcast because Brad sent his in earlier and, and we're all in agreement so we know how those ones go uh, Santiago Bentario um, which I think is a lot focused Jace on the fact that we got some shot link data back last week and, and he led the field in approaches he did lead the, I mean he's somebody that um, I think everyone was looking at for quite a while after he, went, he came over um, after a great 2021 on the challenge tour um, he just seemed to be flying all the time, didn't he? Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I mean, again, he's another one rather like rather like your earlier selection, uh, and rather like somebody like Hillikeld and, and people like that. And and you can look over there and say Wyndham Clark and Taylor Montgomery, etc. That you're just waiting to break through um, at this sort of level. And yeah, yeah, like you say, I mean, he's he's got form. He misses, you know, he misses his cuts with decent decent events. You know, thirteenth in India, third at Kenya, which obviously, if you like Campio. Yeah. Then, uh, then that third place uh, works absolutely fantastically. Um, 64, 66, um, third and fourth round. Um, that works lovely in contention. 16th in Italy last um, last time we led the irons, like you say. Top 10 in India at halfway round. Uh, top 25 last year round here. Um, after a couple of rounds, uh, sorry, after three rounds. And and yeah, he's you know he looks to be back. Um, he does well at this sort of course. You know, I like that. I think there's a little bit of a Kenya link to this course. If you go, if you look, I'm not going to go into it, but there is if you want to look into it. And he played really, really well at Kenya. Um, I think he makes he makes perfect sense, to be honest with you. 110 to 1, I'm quite happy to take that chance. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that the fact that um, just the way he does things and the scoring that he does and, and how he goes about these type of birdie fest events is, is really what I like. And when you looked here last year, he didn't, you'd say he didn't actually hold on to that top 25, but he was there or thereabouts going into the final round. I think he finished 33rd, but he was actually tied third in the par five scoring. So he took advantage of those holes that you want him to. Um, obviously, to uh, really contend that, to your point earlier on, he needed to play better on in, in the par fours. But that is what it is. Like It's not, it's not the easiest thing to do. Um, we'll see. Like thirty third was was fine. I've basically put it down to the fact that he played solidly all week long without really getting much out of the game. Um, yeah, it's tough. I yeah, think, I mean, I think fact, it's, yeah, you don't know, and yeah, you don't know until they go round again whether he, you know, the fact that he was shooting kind of like the sixty nines and seventies here could have been sixty five, sixty sixes with a better putting week or a better bit of stroke of lucky here or there, or whether that is the best he can do. I think you'll find out this year and. And he's in the form to, to show us, I guess. Yeah, certainly happy. As you said, you know, driving doesn't doesn't make that much odds around here. So right. you can't really go wrong if somebody somebody found something with their irons. But equally has proven um, with their iron play around what looks like, a, 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 to me, uh, a seemingly relevant course. So if they're his best two iron plays of the year, then uh, let's see what happens here. And he, he ranks top 10 in par four performance. I mean, miles behind Janet Paul. Yeah, but we know that's not all. That's not what it, you know the be all and end all. But um, yeah, he 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 done for me. I wanted to be on um, again. It was that convoluted um, the ball drill link. Um, he has got uh, I can't remember what he's got. I think it's fifth and eleventh. I think fifth and eleventh there. So that works for McClement's all day thing and and you know uh, Ryan Fox link, Yannick Paul link. So let's see. It might all go completely wrong, but you know it's done me all right for five years. So I'll carry on doing it. Yeah, exactly that. And, you know, I'm very happy to go on with him as well. So, uh, yeah, Santiago Tario for me too. Uh, and and Brad. So all three of us on Santiago Tario. Uh, final section for me, Will Besseling, 125 to 1 with the eight places. He's not a player I've necessarily, I mean, I'm probably backed him once or twice, but like not someone I've followed. And he's he's another one of those types that because he's got the nice driving stats, a little bit like a Wyndham Clark, but maybe not quite as good uh, relative to, to the two tours. Like, he was popular. He, he feels the stat sheet off the tee and things like that. But he's found a bit of form recently. Top 26 finishes in Japan and Italy. He was 23rd here last year. A little bit similar to Ben Terrio. Never really got going uh, with one of those low rounds. But 
He ranked fifth uh, in strokes going off the tee last year for the week, and he was also third in greens regulation. So it suggests that he was hitting the ball really nicely, giving himself plenty of opportunities, and just didn't convert with the putter. And we all know that can change at any point. We know the best of his struggles are that long term, so it's not like he's suddenly going to become the best putter in the world. But if he can just have a decent week with it, I think he can really put himself into the mix. It feels to me a little bit like the the, the Daniel Van Tonder uh, thing from, from last week, that he kind of fits the course, what I want him to do. He's shown signs in the past, and I liked the price. So it's very rare. I look at Bessling and think, you know, slightly overpriced, but 125 to 18 places. Uh, I thought that was plenty good enough, considering we do know he hit the ball really well here last year, even if he didn't convert. So that was kind of my selections, really, for Sadao. I didn't really have too much more. I had a couple of considerations, like... Xander Lombard I looked at because he hit the irons really well at the end of the yeah. week last week. Yeah. Um, Aaron Cockerell was playing really well, but I think we've been asked to take a short price on him now based on his um, upside. I know he, he tends to put himself into contention, but um, I don't know how sometimes. Um, and then, yeah, I, I, like in terms of like long shot, everyone wants to kind of hear a long shot. I didn't really get to any. I, didn't, I, I don't think it's that type of event. We saw it last year. All the better players kind of filled up the top 10. Um, and I think that could be similar this week as well. So although I have gone with a, a triple digit selection uh, or two that I don't think we need to go into kind of two, three hundreds ones this week. Um, did, was there anyone close for you in the kind of longer odds? Or? No, I think I think we've mentioned Ash and Wu, who I, I yeah. think it, it's, I really wanted, I really did want to be on Ash and Wu. Yeah. Um, in the end, in the end, I'm not. Xander Lombard, I agree with you, but that's purely because of his lack of, of, uh, winning ability or so yeah. it seems um marcel seam i thought was fascinating i did on an attacking yeah. course um he was the next one on the list to be honest with you um after the ones we've put up uh i've left him off in favor of sword a i'm slightly concerned i'm backed him because he's he's you know he's he's up there in powerful performance he's got um he's also got the Vaudil form having won it mm. in uh 2021 I haven't decided yet. I, it, it, possibly I will back him. There, there's uh, room there, isn't there? There's room on the card to do it if you, if you want to. There is, it? I think. I think, yeah, I think. Well, I don't think there is if you back 220 at once. If I hadn't have backed then, mm-hmm. I probably would have done Ashenwu and Marcel Seam. But I like the way, I mean, Seam attacks all the time, doesn't he? That's, that's all he knows. It can go very wrong. But it's the type of course he could, you know, he could really, really fly at. Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, at the moment, I'll stick with what I've got. But, but he is a... It's the level of event that I always imagine Marcel seen playing well in for his whole career. And, he, you know, he's, even after that win, he's been really impressive. Um, yes, he missed a cut in Kenya, but he, he was much better in the second round after a slow start. Finished 23rd in Japan, um, missed the cut in Korea. But then last week he was in fourth place going to the final round before a 78. And I guess it's that 78 that kind of comes with the territory of backing Marcel Seam as to what? I guess it leans to some hesitancy at shorter prices as opposed to the kind of triple digits he was used to earlier in the year. But it's all relative considering now what he's been playing this year. He's playing, yeah, he's, he's, he's playing well. Like like you say, what you know, what do you want? You're not going to get triple mm. figures. You, you can you can have a go at, um, you know, guessing whether they'll do well. Yeah. Um, of course you can. Um, and you can do that. Yeah, you know, I mean, you can do that 100, 150, 200 for one. Yeah. Or you can just say, you know, look at the man's figures. I mean, the twelfth is that is is. Oh, sorry, what am I doing? Wrong hmm. screen. Sorry. Uh, you could look at it and and he's playing one courses he hasn't played at before. 
Uh, and now he comes to one. He's, he's flying. The 78, as you say, ruined ruined his chance last week. That's Marcel Seen for you. Mm. So you've got to judge whether whether that price, 60 to 1 or thereabouts, is is compensation enough for him to do that. It's uh, he, He's next on the list. It's not impossible. No. And then last year, I was listening back to last year's one to, to kind of get a gauge what was and the, JC Ritchie was a popular selection last year. I think he was in much better sort of South African form, but it, it's, yeah. um, but certainly suits it. I think he played well in the, the first or second Belgian knockout here um, for the first couple of rounds. And then, to be honest, he's, he's actually done okay. He was 32nd last week, nothing special, but he's been 11th uh, at the Kenya Open as well, 6th going into the final round. I think I backed him that week as well. So um, 100 to 1, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be completely adverse to him. Uh, but just didn't get there. I, I liked Will Bissling. So probably enough of people we didn't back will go into into the Byron Nelson unless you've got anything else to add. No, no, cool. no, no. See what happens. As I say, I, I think big hitters win this. But... Yeah, absolutely. Uh, over to Byron Nelson, Scotty Scheffler, five to one favourite. Jordan Spieth, 10 to one. Tyrrell Hatton, 16. Uh, Tom Kim, 20s. Jason Day, 20s. And the two-time back-to-back winner, Kyung Hun Lee, is 25-1 with Hideki Matsuyama. Um, I wanted to back Jordan Spieth. I backed him here last year, 22-1, to after he'd won the Heritage. Um, he's now 10-1. to Like, I get it. The field is um, not as strong as it was last time. You, you've lost a couple of live guys. You've lost uh, DJ was in this field last year and a couple of others. Neiman was there. But... I don't know that he's necessarily done enough to kind of warrant being half that price. And he probably will. He, he does well pre-majors, doesn't he, Jordan Spieth? But to yeah. me, at 9 or 10 to 1, I'll just let him win um, if that's going to be the case. So that conundrum, I, I'm never going to back Scott Scheffler at 5 to 1. So again, there's, there's nothing really to talk about there. I guess the biggest conundrum for you, Jace, was talking to yourself about it, was, was Tom Kim at 20 to 1. Yeah, you messaged me this morning and said he was 25. Yeah, somewhere and um, cut straight away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I was busy and uh, I didn't get on. Um, so, so now you're looking at whether he's still a bet at twenty to one. Um, and that, it was both him and Hatton are on yeah. the thing. Uh, are both high up. I mean, Hatton's top twenty strokes going approach, top ten in total driving, which I really like. He's flying, isn't he? But when you think about it, the fact he's fourth at Bay Hill, second at Sawgrass, third at um, Quail Hollow. Makes you think that um, we know what Till Hatton is. He wants it harder than this, surely. Yeah. Than, than just a, a knock and, and putt, you know, knock and putt. It's I'm just not sure it's his type of just just his type of event. No matter how well he's he's playing, I might look at him as a long shot for for the major coming up. Yeah, um, make, make more sense. I think I think when you when you put Hatton and Kim heads ahead against one another in the market or close enough to it. Um, there's one of them that's way more suited this type of test than the other uh, in the short career that we know about. Yeah. yeah, and it ma- it makes perfect sense. I mean, obviously, through uh, KH Lee, you've got the links to uh, the Wyndham as well. Yeah. Um, you know, the Shriners, he was absolutely superb. Tita Green, everything about him. And, and he's in form. Uh, I've just... It's just the price. I mean, I know we, we know he's good. But, you know, I, I can't think he would have been any sh- shorter had he been... In the sort of form that he was when when was we winning. were on at um, when we yeah. were on at the Shriners, yeah. When when he beat obviously you know course specialist Patrick Cantley, but mm. that's my problem with it. I mean I appreciate it. I mean he's uh, there he is you know right up there on um, you know he's top I think he's top top two top three in driving accuracy. Um, 
he's up there with strokes gained approach. He's going to get. He's very confident with his putter, uh, as we saw when he's on his couple of wins. It's just fourteen, whatever he is, fourteen, twenty best. Difficult. I think. I think. I'd I think rather he... be on than Jason Day. Yeah, I'd I rather would. be on than Jason Day. I would definitely. Um, in which case, you know, if there's a match ban, you can get odds against. Be on because mm. uh, Day wants it harder as well, doesn't he? Um, yeah. yeah, don't know. It, it, it's a difficult one, and in the end, I thought I'm not really going to play there. I've had a good, I've got a good run, and if I couldn't get the 25, I might well leave him alone. And if he wins, he wins. So lovely. Yeah, I think I think you're one of those people. Like if if not, you're one of those people. I think if you're one of those people that if you do like backing Tom Kim a lot, and and you do tend to back him around his prices, then you probably do persevere because it does seem like the perfect event for him. He was 17th here last year, but. Yeah, I, I I just can't get there. I don't think his price moves enough. Um, I think people are just so the, the sports books are very aware that he's got a great event in him at any point, and every time the field's a little bit weaker, he's going to get chopped up. So um, not for me. Absolutely fine. Um, as I say, the closest. Did you back I, him in the end, did No, I didn't. No, no, no. no and no. and the closest I'd have got would have been Spieth, but I can't take him at single digits or even the ten to one. So. That was gone for me. I did consider Hideki Matsuyama, so I looked at it. Um, I basically just looked at where is KH Lee good apart from here, and it was uh, the Phoenix Open, and where he was, I think, he was second behind. Was that the year that Kepka won it? Um, he played really well on the final day, and then Riviera, he's had a couple of good finishes as well. And then when you look, James Hans had uh, good finishes at both and, and played well here. Obviously, he's won Riviera. Um, Spieth, good finishes at both. Schwartz, really good finishes at Riviera. Burns, really good finishes at Riviera. So I looked at this kind of Riviera and Phoenix cross. Um, I think Phoenix maybe leans into it a little bit more, considering yeah, it's yeah, yeah. You know, more of a birdie fest, whereas uh, Riviera is more classical. But the two leaderboards show up. So the next person I came to um, with a little bit of uh, hesitancy was Matt Kuchar. And I say a little bit of hesitancy only because he's 30 to 1 and he's whatever age he is now. I just think he's playing well enough still to get that win. You've looked at the kind of performances he's put in this season, eight for Riviera, good good match play effort, third at Texas. He's still playing the events that he plays well, well. And this is one of them, 17th and 12th in his two starts here. He was third going into the final round in 2021, uh, but final round 73 saw him fall right down to 17th. And then last year, he came back and closed with a 64 to, to finish 12th. So to me... Kucha's right up there. We know he can do a birdie fest. We know he can play well in Texas and win in Texas. It is 30 to 1. It is disappointing, but I think we're just seeing the realities of these kind of weaker fields, and that's it. It's as far as that, and I'll just, I'll just take the 30 to 1 and hope he puts in uh, a good effort. I think it was Valero where I took a short price on him and he came in third anyway, so um, I will go with it again. Brad has gone with Tom Kim just to to kind of uh, round out that conversation there as well at the, at the 20 to 1. So he's happy with that. Um, the next the next one that came up for me, so I've written him up in the long shot column over on Oddschecker uh, that's just come out and still debating whether I'm going to put him in here or not. Seamus Power plays these kind of birdie fest events pretty well. It's 40, 45 to 1. He's, he was 45 to 1 over there. Um, so it's a much easier decision he's 40 to one here with the eight places i think he's got enough about him power to, to come good his pro- approach play hasn't been at its best this season and it has, he hasn't been playing the way he was in 2021 2022 but uh still playing well so definitely on the edge for me power but again another one that 
that Brad is definitely happy with uh, Seamus Power. So he's gone with Kim and Power to start his card off. Jason, tell us where you're starting yours this week. Uh, I can't get the market. I was some Hoagie the yeah. first one up. Yeah. Or was it Adam Hedwin? Edwin and Hoagie. Edwin and Hoagie are are um are as firm as fisters that I used for my divorce. <laughs> um, um yeah, so so Hoagie for me, when I was looking through straight skate approach, he leads the season's um iron play ahead of yeah. the obvious John Rahm, uh Tony Finau and, and machines like that that would have had an unbelievable chance. I mean Finau would have had unbelievable chance this week, but we couldn't have backed him at the price. Uh six rounds here. Um, only one is worse than 68 um, so he obviously takes to the track um, uh, Faltic the Riviera which links in with Sung Kang I believe uh, and many other players that you've already mentioned yeah, um, yeah I mean, to be honest with you that was that was much of what I based it on I mean I like third in players and top class like that but it's not really not really the type of course that we're we're looking at, but no. uh, Genesis that you mentioned, um, we know he can win. Um, we were we both on, were we? I think. We were. Pebble Beach. Uh, yeah. uh, thingy. So we know he can win. Uh, what sort of form he's in? He's not exactly young, is he? Um, uh, it's it was a pricing, Tom. I got to be honest. I can't mm. put anything else else up besides that. Um, he's playing okay. At the moment, obviously, you know some of his best best performances or, or uh, his best performance this year is possibly last year. I mean, I know you got a third of the players, um, but really, he was in the team event, um, and obviously, he won the team event with Bigala back in December, didn't he? Yeah. Um, this is who I wanted. Had he been with Bigala at the uh, New Orleans, yeah, I would have backed. Him. I would have absolutely backed him. Um, but yeah, I, I, I have to be honest, I'm. Nowhere near confident. I just believe he's a better player than the prices are suggesting uh, in this sort of field. Uh, and he can compete, as you see, the third at Tournament Champions, 14th Genesis, further at Sawgrass. He can compete with any of these, to be honest with you. And I thought 50s was maybe a little bit too big. Adam Hadwin, again, out of form. Uh, um, did well here when it was a web.com uh, final uh, back in 2012, which is a lifetime ago. Um, yeah. And, you know, obviously the course was set up slightly different, but played really, really well around here then. Um, can shoot low. We know he had a 59 at the career builder back in 2017. His wins tend to be when he gets the putter going really well. Uh, Texas form is good. Eighth for the Charles Schwab, fourth for Texas Open, seventh at Houston. And whilst his current form isn't fantastic, this is why you get the prices that you're getting. So it's a matter of whether you think, you know, a bit more room off the tee, I think will suit Hadwin. Um, a lot more this week and get a bit of confidence back. Um, he's got that tenth in Phoenix that you alluded to earlier on, uh, which is as good as he's really played this year on an individual basis. Um, and I'll take the chance that um, back here, enough room really to, to let his iron play flow and he can putt. So at the price, I went with him. I'm, again, I, I mean, if, you, if you're now my you said put one up. I would go Tom Kim. It's it's purely a price thing, and uh, I'll go with Hadwin because he's a winner that can yep. play. Um, and I'll take the chance. And of course, he obviously knows and loves Hadwin and Hadwin and Hoagie, uh, as you say, the law firm. But overall, they they kind of play similar courses well as well. Sk- similar skill sets. Hadwin not quite the iron player that Hoagie is, obviously. But 
Um, TBC Twin Cities, Martin flagged it up on Twitter earlier. I'd have a look into it for the free and open. was another way that um, things kind of flash up a bit of crossover. And Hoagie was fourth there. Uh, I'm pretty sure Hadwin was third in that or fourth in that event as well. So they've both got top fours there. They've both got the, the strong finishes in Phoenix. Hadwin's got um, fourth at Valero Texas Open, fifth at Colonial. So he likes yeah. playing in Texas. 11th, I believe, in Genesis. Sixth and 11th for Genesis and uh, and the Dornvin Trust, which is both at Riviera. So to me, just enough for both of them, really. And neither, neither of them I kind of looked at just based on current form. But I think overall body of work, and we see at these type of events, we've seen it occasionally in the past, if you're suited to it, the field's right, then you should probably take a chance I on think, them. So I get it completely. Sorry, but I mean, I think when you look, you've had Pairs event, you've had uh, Wells Fargo. Yeah, and, disruptive. And if you look on, on the, you know, on... Schwartz all said that he came here after he'd won uh, or he'd played um, at Quell Hollow yeah. and uh, thought to himself that he was a bit too conservative. So I think horses, not horses for courses, but horses for style of courses, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Is, is, is what we need to be looking at. And uh, I think those two, I think Hadwin, to be honest with you, more, if you want the honest truth, I think Hadwin for, for a style of course, uh, this will suit, but we know Hoagie can, can smash him in. Tita Green, so um, what the hell? Yep. Basically, absolutely. No, I get, I completely get the the line of thinking on both. Um, much the same sort of thinking on it in terms of uh, Birdie Fest and things like that. JJ Spawn, I'm going in again. Uh, I was I was on him last year and he finished 38th, but he was seventh after round one, 15th at halfway, and an 18th going into Sunday. Uh, and then in 2021, he opened for 63 to lead and shot a 69 in round two to be fifth going into the weekend before finishing 47th. So there's no uh, there's no need to sort of guess where it went wrong. He had poor weekends in both times. But this year, he was impressive at the Dell match play, really good group play. Uh, finished 22nd at the Texas Open in his defence. 27th last week, where again, he was fourth at the halfway stage. He is that type of player and he's always been for his whole career. Fast starter, doesn't necessarily hold on. I thought that maybe changed once he got that win last year. It hasn't. Um, but we know that his sole wins come at the Valero. He's been a third in this event uh, in 2018 at a different course. He was fourth at the Phoenix Open, which we like. Uh, I think he's played pretty well at Riviera in the past, like a top 30 there as well. So to me, there's, there's very little uh, against JJ Spawn. I really like him. I think he's a good player. Keeps rising to the occasion. He's going to take advantage of this slightly weaker field. And to your point, um, maybe just needs to get on a, the, the right right type of event, the right part of the country to to really relish his form again. So JJ Spawn for me at 66 to one was my next pick. Before we circle back with you with David Riley. Yeah, waiting for Riley to to take off. Really, I know he won the pairs. Uh, it was great effort. Um, just just waiting for him uh, to take off. But again, he's he's top 25 strokes gained approach this year. He's um, not quite as dialed in as his good mate. Zalatoris, but yeah. at least Riley's there. Um, so, you know, he isn't. So we'll have him representing him instead. To be honest with you. <laughs> um, but when it's a Tita Green, Tita Green thing, you want to be on either of those. So really, I think uh, Texas form is fine. Fourth at Charles Schwab. Um, ninth here last year when he opened up with a 72. Mid-rounds of 64 um, on the Friday and Saturday show that, you know, he can really shoot low. We know he can anyway. Uh, Valspar, he was third at halfway. Uh, this year um, at the uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh yeah last year yeah 107th after the first round then 28th and then 9th for the weekend 
uh, didn't go forwards, didn't go backwards. I'm not fussed about that. That's fine. Um, uh, tied 13th, the Wyndham, who was seventh at halfway. He's he's someone that can shoot, I think, extremely low when he gets to it. He, I don't think he's had the career 59 that Hadwin's had. Um, no, I think he's probably a 60-61 shooter, though. But yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and again, it's it's a matter of here's a course that can allow his, his you know, normally excellent green game to flourish. You've got to forgive him. Uh, missed a couple of Wells Fargo, but 78 after the first round, you're a bit stuffed anyway, aren't you? Yeah. To be honest with you. Um, he's hard to read now. Um, I don't know if he's as fragile as his old teammate, um, Zalatoris. Um, but I'll, again, I'll take the chance. I think um, it's the right type of, of event for him. Um, you know. Right, right down, part of the country from Texas. Yeah, there. smash it down there. Um, and hope that he's got his irons dialed in because if they have, I think obviously he got beat got beat in the Valspar, didn't he? In a playoff. Yeah, he should have perhaps beat Stan Burns, shouldn't he? Um but it does show that he can compete in this grade. Uh I don't know whether that win at the pairs gives you more class price. It must give you a degree of confidence. I guess it takes now. the I, I guess I don't know if it gives me more like confidence in terms of contender, but it takes all the pressure of him having to, like you won't hear that he's going to be the first time winning because it's not true anymore. So whether you put stock into it or not, he hasn't got to chase that first win. He's got his card locked up. I think that just comes with a certain amount of freedom instead of having to think about because I think even next year, like you you have to finish in the top 50 this year and the FedEx Cup's getting those elevated events next year guaranteed. Just having all that kind of locked up and playing with a bit of freedom this year could, yeah. could change everything. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Again, he's part of that whole club, isn't he? He's part of the Thigala club, the yeah. uh, Taylor Montgomery, and whoever else you want to put on. Um, he's part of the same club. We're just waiting for them to win. Seems as good as good as place as any for him to do it, to be honest. Yeah, no, I agree with with a lot of that. We talked. You talked about the, the whether it, you know being a tees green game and and to back that up with some kind of figures. KH Lee was second in strokes gain approach, second in tees green, and ninth in putting in 2021, and then last year fifth in tees green, eighth in strokes gain approach, and 13th in putting when he won. Both years, basically everyone in the top five or better ranked inside the top ten for strokes gain approach. It was of the 13 players that have finished tied fifth or better over the past two years. Only three of them are ranked outside the top 10 in approach. So it's really like a, a big birdie fest. Um, and then the leader in the par five scoring for the week has finished first or second at the event over the past two years. It backs up. Sorry, mate. Sorry. It backs up. Kate Lee said it was a nines game and Charles Schwartzel said that it's all second shots. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if your irons are dialed in, smash them in. And if the putts go in, well done. If they don't, you won't win, will you? So. And I think, I think here, like a good point, I was sort of listening to Pat Mayer talk about it, like, the scrambling is easy around here, but when you do hit the greens, as, as these people that we're backing should, uh, because you're you're going into smaller greens, the chances of three putting is is way down. So those people that you're sort of worrying about the putter sometimes, maybe the hoagies and the spawns and things like that, like they don't you don't need to worry so much because there's less chance of those disaster holes because you're you're running into the holes it is already. So um, I think that's only beneficial to those types of players and, and why you see these others rise to the fore uh, in that occasion. Next for me was Michael Kim. I think he's actually very close to being back to what he was when he first sort of came up on the tour and was looking to be very promising. He's coming to 90 to 1 uh, for eight places, but I still think that's absolutely fine. You think back to 2018, he won that John Deere Classic by eight shots. Uh, he was 26 under. I know that's a, you know, five years ago is, is a long time in golf. 
but he, he's definitely backing up that kind of form in, in recent weeks. He was uh, 11th at Pebble Beach. He was 5th at Puerto Rico. And then the last, in the last seven events, he's made all the cuts. He's been 7th last week. Um, shot 70 or better in all four rounds at Wells Fargo last week. He was 14th going into the final round in Mexico. He played well in the pairs event. Uh, he started the Texas Open 6th after round 1, 10th after round 2, and then just fell away over the weekend. So Michael Kim's playing some really, really solid golf. Uh, love everything that he's doing. He's had 12th place finish in uh, the Houston Open, 21st in the Valero Texas Open, so he likes this part of the world. Uh, he ranks 12th in strokes gain approach and 28th in tees of green over the past 15 weeks, according to Tour Tips as well. So to me, all of that kind of points to the fact that we know he can we can shoot low on these types of birdie fest courses. It's the sort of thing that he wants. It looks like the type of place in the country that he wants. Um, and the fact that he was actually 27th here at the halfway mark on debut back in 2021, open was 69-67. I can't imagine he was playing very well at that point because that was when he was really just missing cuts for fun, wasn't he? Um, just seems to have reinvented himself over the last couple of seasons. So Michael Kim for me, 90-1 was next up. Yep, can't argue. Yeah, plenty, plenty to like. And, you know, they, they don't always go that way. Uh, but it is what it is. Another person that along his line of thinking I didn't get to in the end, I thought we, you know, you talk about um, Hadwin and Hoagie. We know they're winners and, and what they've done. And Riley, you've mentioned as well, Spawn I've gone to. In between all that was Steven Yeager, who just keeps playing incredibly well. But I just couldn't I couldn't get there at like 40, 50 to 1. He's been so consistent, but there's, there's been no real reward for it. 18th and 27th the past two weeks. Um, he was 9th in the field and strokes gained approach for the past 15 weeks from 60 to green. 38th here last year, but he shot uh, 65s on Friday and Saturday. So there really was a lot of temptation to back him. He's a six-time winner on the Corn Ferry Tour. He's been 9th at the Houston Open, 17th at this event uh, on a different course. I just don't know, Jace, whether I see Steven Yeager as this kind of 40, 50 to 1 player in, in this kind of, even in this kind of strength of field. Difficult, isn't it, when you look at, you know, Scotty Scheffler being being up there and, and Tom yeah. Kim, as you say, proven, proven winner in, in very, um, very decent company. It is, is difficult, but it, yeah, we may well have said that with KH Lim, uh, yeah. KH Lee two years ago. So it's, 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 it's a price thing. It's everybody's it is good. Like, if, if he was 100 to 1, I'd be backing him. Like, I, don't, I just don't see, like, consistency wise, yes, over. Michael Kim and who I'm going to go on to next, but like from a pure ability and winning upside of, of three that I'm going to mention that those are our prices, I couldn't get Jaeger at half the odds. So I think he was worth mentioning and I, and I wanted to, to kind of bring him up, but I won't be backing him on, on the basis of his price. Sam Stevens, Jason. Yes, Sam Stevens been catching the eye. I think caught the eye of a lot of people, isn't he? Yeah. Um, not only obviously he's got that uh, top 15 at uh, Torrey Pines. Um, played very, very well at Bay Hill, Porto Rico. He was there with half a chance. Um, and yeah, then he went then he went third at the Corrales behind filling the gaps. Guy uh, Matt Wallace and Hogard, of course, who were yeah. very, very attacking players um, and back in six and had every chance over the weekend was Wyndham Clark, another attacking player. So he really caught the eye there. Then he's followed that up. Um, uh, with a fantastic uh, runner-up at uh, Texas the week after behind Corey Connors, who was, I'd say, thrown in because you can't throw in Corey Connors. But he was that type of thing where it's like, this is Connors' event. You know, if it's if it's Texas, 
you sort of say, well, it's either Jordan Spieth or Corey Connors is going to yep. win that. And he did. And Stevens closed in fantastically over the weekend. Um, he, he went uh, seventh, uh, Greens regulations 22nd in Greens regulation two two weeks in a row. But he'd done very, very similar at the Quinta and then at the Farmers at Torrey. Um, he's all right. He seems to be an all right player. I don't know that much about him. I must be honest with you. Brent, um, Brad's always I, been a big fan of him. Yeah, Brad's been big on him. Yeah. 18 starts at this level, one runner-up, which we discussed, um, a third that we've discussed, and two top tens, uh, as well as those other Tory and Puerto Rico results. Uh, I think he got in, he's got uh, uh, got in on KFT status, didn't he? Um, yeah. He won on the uh, Latino American Tour. Um, it's just all that put together. I just thought, do you know what? Wells Fargo, if he's that type of player where it's, he's a, a, a low low scorer, then you know, uh, the Wells Fargo at, at uh, Quail Hollow is not going to suit at all. So the fact that he was there mid-40s is absolutely fine. You take half those players away, uh, you stick in his best form of the year, and eight-year one is is reasonably appealing. I don't think he'll win. Um, but then, like you know, like we said, I don't think some of these will ever win, and they do. So um, I'm happy to take that for a top whatever we can get, seven or eight or whatever it is. Now we can get top eight for 80-1, to one, so... Yeah, I'm happy to take Sam Stevens at that price and, and hope that rather like somebody like Davis Riley and all the others, that the, this week might be their week. I was listening to, again, Pat was talking about this and I think he looked into it and like, because he's a little bit volatile, Sam Stevens, and he's had the second and uh, Texas third at Corrales and then misses cuts 47th last week, 13th for Farmers. But, but I think when he looked at it, like, it's a certain yardage point that he gets over that, that suits him best. And it's the, the long golf courses that, that Sam Stevens is playing on. So while we don't think of Byron Nelson as a long course because it's a bit of a birdie fest, it is over 7,400 yards. Um, so that could just well play in his favour. That seems to be his wheelhouse. So that's a positive thing to hear. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens. yeah good. Uh, Jimmy Walker for me, 110 to 1. I've always said with Jimmy Walker that it's all been down to that Lyme disease that he got uh, shortly after he was really successful in majors uh, that he's basically just never been out. It's never, it's nothing to do with uh, physical ailments in terms of being able to swing the club or anything like that. It's purely fatigue with, with Lyme disease. Like you can't, you can't go out and practice for too long. You can't get through four rounds without being exhausted, etc. It seems to be, and I, I don't think you get, I don't think you cure Lyme disease. I think you're, you're kind of stuck with it, but you can obviously, be better or worse at any point it seems to be that if if that's the case and he's feeling a little bit better at the moment it would definitely correlate with the fact that he's had four straight top 25 finishes it's coming back to texas where he's had a win the second and, and many more top tens the riviera thing is great he's had two fourth place finishes there i just if it's purely down to health and and he's in a good space at the moment, i don't see why jimmy walker can't win this event he's He's gearing up for the PJ Championship because he's he's a former winner of that, isn't he? Um, so he, he should be playing in that. Um, that's it, really. That only the fact that he's playing so well in terms of those four straight top 25s, and the fact that I do believe it's I don't think he's ever lost his game, whereas some others in his kind of position definitely have. I think it's been purely health that's held him back. But at the Texas Open, he was 14th for the halfway, finished 22nd. At the Heritage, he was the 36th hole leader, fourth going into the final round, finished 25th. At uh, Mexico, he was ninth going into the weekend, finished 15th, strong final round 68. And then last week, finished 14th. He, he 
opened with a 72 and then shot three straight rounds of 68. So he's in incredible form. You even go back to, to Tory Pines, he was 13th. He's only really had, I think it's like three missed cuts this season. One of them was in Phoenix, which is a little bit of a shame. Um, but, you know, I, I just, I think he's getting back to the player that he once was. And that's purely down to the fact that he seems to be feeling better in himself. 110 to 1 for a player that we know historically is, is a more than capable winner. I, I was happy to go with Jimmy Walker and give him another chance. Nice. Interesting selection. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's one of those ones I think I tried to back him with like a thousand to one last year and it didn't really work out. But this has been like a consistent run of form now. And you just look at some of the scalps he had. Like he beat Jordan Spieth in the Valero Texas Open by four strokes. He beat Jason Day to win the PGA Championship and Jason Day was the nuts. He beat Dustin Johnson at Pebble, which is Dustin Johnson's event. He won the Sony Open, beat Vijay Singh for his first event. So I just believe in Jimmy Walker as, as, a, as a talent. There was years, wasn't there? He was one of those players we talked about right ahead of the, at the top of the show about um, you're, non, you're a non-winner until you're not. He was definitely that, wasn't he? He went five or six years of contending without ever winning. Um, but yeah, ever since 2017, he's had that, that problem with that Lyme disease and he's never looked like winning since, but he's now coming back into form. So I'm more than happy to go there. Um, Brad's final selection was Austin Smotherman, um, yeah. 150 to one. I do see the slight appeal. He, he played well recently at, was it Mexico that he played well? Um, he was also out there for a little while, wasn't he? At the, the players, he went off to a to a good start. He didn't obviously finish the job off, but um, obviously showing a bit of form. And he was a bit of a darling of the PGA Tour last season. I didn't necessarily look at him, but I can see why um, Brad Wood. Was there any more for you in consideration? Yeah, I looked at um similar sort of thing. Brandon Wu, I thought, mm, played fantastically yeah. in Mexico. You know, he was. I thought he was absolutely awesome. Um, didn't particularly set the world alight here last year, uh, but I think he's he's one that can can potentially on his day set the world alight. It, I, I I found that this a bit difficult because I just think the top is very obvious and should be the place we go in. It's just the prices make no appeal. So it, it's one of them where where I, I I'll be perfectly honest. Um, I will probably lay out no more than half the stake that I laid out last week, yeah. uh, just because I just don't particularly like it. I think uh, I'm struggling to to say. You know, there were players like um, Akshay Batia who I really wanted to be on, and I'm sure he was in um, at some point. Maybe I'm wrong. Really wanted to be on him. Um, no, he was. He was definitely entered and and, and pulled he out. He was again. in, wasn't he? Yeah. And I think he, he, he yeah, he's, he's not confirmed or pulled out or whatever. So players like him, I, you know, they were just there, and and I, I started crossing. An awful <laughs> lot of people out, to be honest with you. Um, I wanted also to be on Hayden Buckley. He's yeah, not in. Not in. Um, and then I just I literally was left with, to be honest, people like Max Homer, who wasn't obviously in. Uh, Tom Kim is clear at the top. Mm. It's it's just. I'm going to regret. No, I'm the, just going to regret not going all in on. That's Tom my Kim. thing. Like I, I think with me, like. The, the couple of times where you've been so sure on these types of players, it's been Campillo, it's been Homer, it's been those ones. But like, I've listened back to Stow last year and you were very keen on basically one and done with Fox and, and he finished second and only one shot behind. Like, I think when you do have that consensus about a player, it does go well. So I would I would say if you're ultimately going to regret not backing Kim on the basis of five or eight points, you probably should. But it, it's a tough old game. <laughs> It makes, it, it makes plenty of appeal. I'm just one of those people that hasn't 
really had much success with him, so I haven't bothered yet. But you were obviously on with his win, and I think that. I, he's, I mean, he's, he's, he's up there. I mean, he's up there with the best. Mm. Agree. And then there's your problem. Um, it's not a secret. It's just he's now on a place where if he fires his irons, you know, they're just going to be dancing around the cup. Um, and he's not one you get. Is that's going to, you know, it's going to bottle putting him. So, uh, if I'd had seen that twenty-five, I'd be on. Uh, yeah. but, but I don't know whether it's right that you should take twenty-five and then right up at twenties. Uh, yeah, it's a tough old, it's a tough old thing to know. But I just, I just think from a personal standpoint, that if like if I feel that confident about someone, I just, I would just have to back it. Like I know. It's, it's annoying seeing a price go but I've been there where I've let it go because of a price and they win so um, I guess it's it's good I guess it's how you've been burned like if you've it, left people alone because of price and they don't win then you feel differently don't you I guess I mean the game owes me nothing for, for, no. for the last couple of years mm. um, I, I might have to back him as a, as a uh, well you could always you could always double him up with Campillo or Paul as well just to just to give yourself a bit of interest I did that last week with Moronk uh, and Cantley I was so confident Cantley <laughs> would get placed but um yeah, very, very. I don't like babbling up for not on equal individually. Do you know, it's um, yeah. that's that's a horrible thing, isn't it? You know, your your first one blows out and your second one rocks in by five. Yeah. Um, that's horrendous. Yeah. Uh, he's he's possibly going in as as a thing. He just he's clear. He's okay. Anyway, I think I think the biggest takeaway people have got to take from this is that like you're very confident that he's going to play well, and they've got to decide individually. Like. People are going to listen to this and go like, "I'm happy that Jason likes Kim, and, and I'm going to back it." Like, it's, I, it's all down to personal preference with prices. I it? think it always should be. Yeah. I, I always think it should be. I, I, I think it's horrendous when people say, um, "Yeah, you know, either have a go at the price, or, or say, yeah, yeah. oh, you're on a bad run, or something like that, and crap, or whatever." You know, people do. Um, I, it's horrendous. I think, I think you're you're there to offer the the evidence. Yeah, I mean, they haven't done a great job this week, must be honest. Uh, bank <laughs> holiday and, and a bit of a weekend overhang. But um, I think you're there to say that. And it's, it's down to people's personal choice. See, they can't say, you know, oh, for example, 16 to 1 is too short for me, but I've backed it because someone's put him up. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, you listen to what you want and you play how you want it. And perhaps, like you say, you've given the right sort of evidence this week. I mean, I've put up the board drill. If somebody look, wants to look at that, waste their life looking at form from, from that Challenge Tour event and find something brilliant. Mm. You know, it's not designed to say, you know, I, I don't think, talking about this whatever sport it is should ever be designed as a as a blind i don't put stakes up i don't put stakes no. up on my mix column ever um it's not designed it's not designed to do that it's it's whatever you're comfortable with and however you feel the evidence points to uh, they're the players you should be looking at but you know it's um it, my view is it's not designed to go two points win on this bloke and and you're very confident you should have had five on or whatever. I, I'm, yeah, I'm you shouldn't. You shouldn't deal doing that. You shouldn't deal in absolutes. These sort of things. We're here, as you say, as a guide. And I think, to me, like the biggest thing I like to hear sometimes is, you know, we say we've got to Hoagie or JJ Spawn because of the Phoenix Open and the Riviera links or whatever. Someone else has got to an X player and and he ends up placing. Then fine. Like that's great. It means you use the evidence that we presented. You pick that player over exactly. the two that we've given, and 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 you and you're you know you don't always hear that because but so, but there's definitely been people that messaged us and said like I love the process you use that week and I've gone with this person and and it's worked out for them and ultimately that's that's all we're here to do I think um, we are a betting podcast but I don't like you say we don't put up points and things like that we we certainly the part when the winners come in but 
um i think it's it's important just to go with the with your garnet and i think you've given enough of a case for for tom kim that if people are happy at 21 to do it so um yeah wouldn't wouldn't agonize over uh whether to put him up or not would be my my final uh comment on that no, I'm agonising on what's for dinner more, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, well, let, let, let's let's summarise our picks and then we'll have a very quick conversation on dinner because uh, I think it, I think it'd be good. Um, I'm going to go into the Sadal Open and summarise my picks there. So I had Yannick Paul at 20 to one, Hugo Sassard at 70 to one. I took Tario at 90 to one, eight places on 365, and Will Bessling 125 to one, eight places on 365 as well. Um, Jason, your picks in the Sadal Open? Uh, uh, yeah, I believe. They are two from the top. Yannick Paul, who who could potentially win this by a hundred shots if if <laughs> his if his cheating game is correct. Um, I've got uh, Jorge Campillo, who I I don't see why you would you would chuck him out at the moment. Um, Clement Sorbet, who um, could be one of the long hitters as well that, that sneaks in um, and is a proven winner. And I've gone with you with Terrio and and Brad as well, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, and Brad, just to summarise his picks, Alexander Bjork at 18 to 1, Maximilian Kiefer is now 40 to 1. I'm sure he would have put him up about the 60s, and Ben Tario at the 90 to 1, which I think is coming in as we speak as well. That might might be going down to 70 or 80 to 1, but I'm still fine with that um, at those prices. Over at the Byron Nelson, uh, still kind of tossing up the idea of Seamus Power, but my definites for now, Matt Kutra at 30 to 1, JJ Spawn at 66 to 1, Michael Kim at 90 to 1, Jimmy Walker at 110 to 1. Um, for, for the sake of, of the picks, I will put in James Power there at 40 to 1 as well. Uh, Brad's gone with Tom Kim, 20 to 1, James Power, 40 to 1, and Smotherman, 150 to 1. Uh, Jason, your final picks on the Byron Nelson? Yeah, Tom Hoagie, Adam Hadwin, Davis Riley, and Sam Stevens. Yeah. And as we've discussed for 10 minutes, uh, probably because uh, I feel like I'm harangued if um, if he doesn't win, Tom Kim, yeah. who will win, and I'll be going if I don't. Oh, absolutely, get it. On the on the subject, I did a very quick a very quick one to, to summarise because I don't think we've done this in a little while. A uh, little delve into our personal lives, but uh, we were both in Brighton at the weekend, and you went for a nice tasting menu at the what, what was the restaurant called again? 64 degrees. 64 degrees. Michael Bremner made the final of the uh, of uh, Great British Menu a few years yeah. ago. Uh, it, I mean, I've eaten in some nice places, and this was stunning. Um, we sat at the pass. If you're not into food, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> but we sat at the pass, um, sitting next to a fantastic couple we met and are now friends with, believe it or not, which I never do ever. I've never come back from holidays ever <laughs> in contact with anyone. But we do here because we had food in common. Um, was talking to Michael all day, all, all night long. His chefs and stuff. The food was amazing. The wine pairing was amazing. The atmosphere was stunning. Absolute ten out of ten. If if you're in Brighton and you want and you like food and and you know, look, we're all we all love to pile our plates up with Harvester. You're not getting that here, all right. But if you want quality restaurant, top class restaurant experience, just just go because this was ten out of ten. This was this was the best best night we've ever had in a restaurant. Yeah, we should uh, we should try and get them on as uh, as um, advertisers in your podcast because you've done a good old sales job there, aren't you? Sixty four degrees. But you asked the question. I did ask the question. No, exactly that, and, and that's what I wanted to hear. And I just wanted to put in deep contrast that I was also in Brighton at the weekend, but I went to uh, Bongos Bingos in Prism Nightclub and ended up on the train and got out London Victoria at one a.m. and 
and ate a uh, bacon double cheeseburger at Burger King, uh, which was revolting. Uh, it was it was honestly I've had a couple of Burger Kings at London Victoria now in desperation, and they've both been utterly disgraceful. Uh, the, it's the best service in the entire world. By the time you finish ordering it, it's literally up on the counter. Uh, but there's a reason for it. It's been sitting there for 87 days, and and it tastes like that as well. Um, so whilst I read your menu and joked that I'd probably rather eat that 87-day-year-old Burger King, um, it does sound like you had the better well, food experience of the weekend. I mean, just, just, I mean, you know, my wife Natalie, you know, we love our food, and just yeah. like she would never ever choose fish on a menu. She, she does goes vegetarian quite an, quite a lot, um, and she'd never ever ever choose fish. No. And three of the courses were uh, mackerel, uh, cod, and octopus. And for a non-fish eater to eat octopus, and uh, is is like, well, that's just incredible. That's like a non-golf viewer watching an entire tournament uh, <laughs> on Sky Sports and being bored to death by the commentary. Um, it just doesn't happen. And 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 she agreed. She thought it was the greatest, greatest evening that she's ever had. So um, there we are. Did you get involved in the wine flight that was alongside the the sample menu as well, or did you go beers? No, we went wine no. flight, mate. Wine flight. Yeah, it's part of the experience, I guess. Well, I don't, you know, I like to just make sure I don't, don't want to call anyone culture or uncultured. Just want to well, make I sure. Had, that... Interestingly enough, on Thursday, I was mm. at, um, or yeah, Thursday, I was at uh, Cyrus Toddy Waller's um, uh, Cafe Spice Domestic for a, a similar sort of thing wine pairing, wine pairing um, evening mm. um, with, with another group that I'm involved in. Um, and that was, that was, again, that was awesome. So, um, it's not. It's I, the first time I ever did that. I got very drunk and it turned into a mess. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this was this was this was yeah. Like I say, I've had a good a good week and Adrian Moron paid for it. And um, I'm I'll be going back to sixty four degrees, no question. I mean, it's not even. Yeah, I, I'll be there. It's it was also if you're there and like I say, if you're there and you like good food, um, do have a look because it's unbelievable. Yeah, the sample, the sample tasting menu looks nice if you're into that type of food, is, is what I would say. Um, if not, end up at London Victoria and have the first yeah, yeah. ever, ever burger you're ever going to have. It'll be terrible. But no right, no wrong, is there? You know, no, it's, absolutely it's, not. Uh, you know, one man's meat is another man's poison, isn't it? Mine could have been poisoned, by the way. Mine was, <laughs> mine was horrendous. Um, so, yeah, no, so I'm, glad, I'm glad you said that. But, uh, no, I, I think, you know, just to, just to sub, we haven't spoken about food for a little while on the podcast, and I think it's always nice. We get quite a lot of nice messages saying that we enjoyed your chat on the on the puddings we mentioned or, or, the, or the food that you'd spoken last week. So I just wanted to give that contrast of, of how we both spent our, our Saturday or Sunday nights in, uh, in Brighton. So... Um, like you say, no right or wrong, but it sounds like you definitely had the uh, the better food choice uh, in the end. But yeah, it looks. I really want to enjoy those type of tasting menus. So if I can find one where the food is is what I want, then then eh, I'll definitely be up for it because I I like the idea of, of being at the pass and, and having great conversation with people. I too have been. I don't think I've been on those types of holidays. You mentioned you never come back from holiday where you you make great friends, like couple friends and stuff. I don't think I've ever been on that type of holiday. I think my holiday is always quite individual, like like partner and I like always go and we're rushed off our feet. And we spoke about this because we went to Edinburgh last week uh, when we didn't do the podcast and we had some friends over from America and they were very much, they want to go out and, and try different foods and go to different pubs and have different drinks and that sort of thing. So that was that type of holiday where we we had that, but we knew that, that couple already. Um, 
whereas we go to like kind of New York and, and Vegas and all those sort of things, you, you're kind of here, there and everywhere doing your own thing, aren't you? But yeah, I think I think I'd definitely like that sort of uh, menu tasting. If it was a eight different curry dishes or, or something like that, I think I'd, I'd love that sort of thing. So um, yeah, maybe we'll find one and, uh, and do a Lost for Words team meeting at some point that we're still overdue, aren't we? There we go. I think that summarises our podcast, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it probably does, Tom. Yeah, brings it to an end nicely. Um, PJ Championship next week. Jason, I think you're away next week. We haven't, we haven't got you, but me and Brad will be here. Um, looking forward to that. Oak Hill, I think we're going to have a very different Oak Hill than what we had in 2013, but that makes sense, 10 years on in golf. So looking forward to that. Any early shouts for you, Jace, or going to have to dive into it? No, I, I think it's, it's really, I said it on Twitter, I think it's interesting that there's players coming to the ball nicely, particularly. I mean, Xander, I, I thought, um, obviously going to a major now, and yeah. JT, um, but they're not doing it, are they? They're not finishing it off. And, no. And they're going to be, you know, they're going to be short. And I, I just wonder whether we could be in for the old style PGA shock. Um, you know, maybe somebody like... Um, mentioned them a thousand times before the long hitter long hitters montgomery davis thompson mm. i don't think thompson's in it actually um you know somebody like that had to come through and, and create some sort of shock like we used to get when the pga was the last major yeah uh we used to get used to get some horrendous results um hasn't happened so much now but it, it does seem as though it might be it might be right for somebody to come through. They're, they're just not. That is, of course, if you know, the likes of Rahm and Scheffler don't do it. Um, you, everywhere Rahm turns up, up you, you, to be honest, you think he's gonna he's gonna win, don't you? Yeah. Um, but no, that, they they were the. Yeah, I, 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 it's a bit like this week. It's like they're going to be too short. They're either too classy, or we're going to get somebody that nobody considered coming through. Then I, I haven't got an early thought. I just thought it was interesting that I expected more from JT. Last week, and that's that's the problem. Um, yeah, who knows? No, I think I think the thing is with uh, you, you mentioned the the kind of long shots in this event, and it definitely hasn't been the same since they moved it up. But you know, Mito Pereira should have won it last year. He was a triple digit pick, wasn't he? And mm. um, you know, Mickelson is Phil Mickelson, but he certainly wasn't expected to win that one in 2021. So you've had some, you've had a couple of shots. Brooks Kepka was injured for a decent amount of time before he won that one in I think it was 2019, the one that he won it. For a second year in a row, so we've had some, we've had some kind of strange yeah, I results. Think, I, I, I mean, I, sorry, I haven't looked. I mean, I've looked properly at the field, but yeah. um, is Gary Woodland in it? Somebody like Gary, him. Yeah, Gary Woodland is um, definitely in it. He's like a hundred to one at the moment. He, he seems to be trending yeah. as a bit of a pit because he's, his ball striking is back to where it should be for for Gary Woodland. Somebody, somebody like Woodland, that that good hits over the ball, isn't particularly expected to, uh, you know, to be able to. Pete with the top lot, but it is the you know it is a major and yeah somebody like him I reckon might might yeah. do. I mean I've got to look further into it, but I'm going off the of off the classier elements because they're just not doing it. Yeah, except no, Ram, it's, yeah, it's gonna be it's either gonna be like a Ram Scheffler or it could be there could be a, a significant gap. I, I definitely agree with kind of what you're saying there. Um, yeah, just looking at I'm just looking at it now and there's kind of like. Harris English keeps popping up recently. He's the same price as Gary Woodland. That's that sort of random. Russell Henley played well at the Masters for a decent period of time. Hoagie, your mate, if he wins oh, this I week's No? No? <laughs> won't go that far. But, uh, what, to Hoagie or to Henley? Henley. Either. Um, there we go. 
who knows? Ricky, well, you know, something like that. Jason Day is going to be there. You, he's yeah. going to be there. I hope it's Jason um, Day. Yeah. I hope it's Jason Day after the old uh, 100 to 1 bet I had on him. But he's now 33 to 1, so right. I won't be doing that. Again. Um, no. Corey, like Corey Connors, like 80 to 1. There you go. Anyway, oh, this, okay. this. This, this this will all be in next week's show. Anyway, I just wanted to give you a little little chance to to speak on it as you wouldn't be here next week. But um, no, good. All right, mate. Well, hopefully we'll have a, a good week betting this week. You have another little tasting menu paid for, uh, hopefully by Yannick Paul this week. Uh, similar price to Adrian Rock last week. Same price, wasn't he? Twenty to one. Um, and if we can get one of those fifty to one shots through in the bar in Nelson as well, then then we can have two nights out. So looking forward to that, Jace. And uh, thank you as ever for coming on. Thank you.